the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Southern California Live. Hour two, good to be with you on this Friday. It is Open Line Friday. On Open Line Friday, we'll take your call on any subject. The number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number. And uh, we'll take your call on a Bible question, a question about the news, or a comment you want to make about something going on. Maybe there's something we were talking about earlier this week and you didn't quite get on the show. We can bring that back up. That's all right. And uh, we will do that. Also, we're going to have Danny Goki on the program here in this hour. And uh, he's going to talk to us um, about a nonprofit that he does. And uh, I think a really interesting ministry in kind of an idea of, hey, you know what, get out there and do something. And then we'll talk about what he's doing. And so he'll be on in a little bit. I want to make sure I don't miss this because I think it's something we should look forward to on Fridays. It's called the absurdity of the week. Hey, what happened? That's terrible. And once again, there are many of them, but I kind of had this experience. I was in uh, Hawaii a couple of weeks ago, a month ago now, if you remember. And uh, on the way back, we're on the tarmac. We're getting ready to fly out of there. And we got cleared for takeoff. And we get into the runway. We're about to take off. And right for a moment, the engines revved up, and then they revved back. And then all of a sudden, we just sort of taxied out and pulled off to the side and I thought something's wrong with the aircraft, right? We got something going on. Well, I had a window seat, which is very unusual for me. I'm an aisle guy most of the time on an airplane. So I've got the window seat, and I notice another aircraft land really low, right in the path that we would have been going down. And I thought, oh, they had a problem. Like, this was uh, – and they never said that. They never told us that. They, we sat there on the tarmac then for another half an hour. It was a half an hour before they just – we basically did a U-turn and then took off. But I thought, no, I think we somebody messed up. And another flight was coming in, and it was going to be a little bit too close to call. They call it a near miss, which I think is really odd, right? Because doesn't near miss mean collision? Why do we do that in the English language, right? And we call it a near miss. When two airplanes almost collide, but they don't, we call it a near miss. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but there have been a lot of near misses in the United States in the past couple of weeks. There's been a bunch of them. And I thought, what is going on? You know, aircraft, you know, controllers are pretty good. That's pretty good system. And uh, well, this leads me to uh, the absurdity of the week. In uh, Washington, D.C., the uh, new nominee for head of the FAA, Federal Aviation Administration, is being questioned in Congress uh, in his hearings for confirmation. And he is unable to answer any question about air traffic uh, and about the airline industry. Here's some clips. So, Mr. Washington, can you quickly tell me uh, what airspace requires an ADSB transponder? Not sure I can answer that question right now. That's, that's okay. We'll just keep going. So um, that's, a, that's a pretty important part. So what are the six types of special use airspace that protect this national security that appear on FAA charts? 
Uh, sorry, Senator, I cannot answer that question. Okay, so what are the operational limitations of a pilot flying under basic med? Senator, I'm not a pilot, so... Uh, but uh, obviously you'd ever see the F- Federal Aviation Administration, so um, any, any idea what those uh, restrictions are under basic med, quickly? Uh, well, some of the restrictions, I think, would be high blood pressure. Uh, some of them would be... It's more like how many passengers per airplane, how many pounds okay. in different categories, and uh, what ele- what uh, altitude uh, you can fly under. So, and uh, and then uh, amount of knots. It's under two hundred fifty knots. So, okay. it's not having have anything to do with blood pressure. So you, did you catch that last part? So he doesn't know anything. And then the last question is, well, tell us about what would go on under basic med. Now, if I were just trying to uh, fool somebody and try to, you know, skate through some interview where I don't know what I'm talking about, maybe that's the question I would answer. Basic med, basic med. Oh, it must mean the health care of the the pilots. And so he says, oh, it's something to do with their blood pressure. It has nothing to do with blood pressure. It's something else, you know, altogether. Well, anyway, he's being questioned by Senator Ted Budd uh, and of North Carolina. And his name is Philip Washington. And I'm sure he's a nice guy, super nice guy. He's currently the chief executive of Denver International Airport. You ever go to Denver International Airport? It's in Nebraska. That's where it is. It's uh, really far outside of uh, Denver. Um, I don't know why they do that. It's this so far away. They keep talking about putting the San Diego, the new San Diego airport in El Centro, which makes no sense to me that they would do something like that. But that's kind of what they did with this new Denver airport many years ago now, wasn't it? 30 years ago, I think. Uh, it's so far away. Now, what's happened is, what is interesting about that story, by the way, is that it's a lot closer to Denver now because over the 30 years, the town has grown out towards the airport. And some people went to jail who were on the city council, the people who decided to put the airport in Nebraska. It's because they personally owned property where nothing was at some point in between Denver and the airport. And uh, they got caught eventually uh, in that controversy. So if you fly to Denver and if you ever wonder why you're flying so far away, that's the reason why. Anyway, he uh, run, otherwise, it's a nice airport. I'm sure he does a nice job there at that uh, that airport. Um but the absurdity of the week is we are putting another person in charge of a federal agency who doesn't appear to really be qualified. You know, I don't know if, if uh, you know, maybe it's just an administrative job, but I don't think so. I actually have some understanding of what this job is. You've got to know what kinds of aircraft, what are the rules. You are in charge of the air over the United States. The, it went so on can you tell way. me what the minimum separation distance is for landing and departing airliners during the daytime, Mr. Washington? I, I don't want to guess on that, Senator. He doesn't know what some basic things are. Anyway, absurdity of the week, you got to get people who are qualified. Maybe we just don't have it. Maybe that's just maybe people who are qualified don't even want the job. I mean, that's possible, right? I mean, but it's just like, do I really want a Washington? I would think you want this job, though. I imagine there's stress. I know a lot of air traffic controllers, lots of stress in that job. I get it. Um, But uh, this particular job, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, that's my absurdity of the week. There are so many different absurdities. I never knew what to pick. But because of the near miss thing, and it just keeps happening, you know, just it's just something that needs to get better. All right. Open line Friday. I got your uh, phone calls here. So I I do want to get to your calls. Uh, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Two five five seven. Uh, let's go to uh, Edward in L.A. Jesus Revolution. How you doing, Edward? Yes. Uh, how you doing, Scott? I'm doing well. Right before the break, we were talking about the uh, Jesus Revolution movie. Did you see it? You know, I have not seen it yet, but I'm excited to. I'm getting a group of uh, my 
you know, coworkers that, um, you know, have been asking questions and things like that. But I wanted to mention to all the other believers out there that uh, planting that seed is the most important part and don't feel so much pressure to bring a non-believer to the movie and expect them to fall on their knees and, and find the Lord necessarily, but to just be encouraged, encourage all those out there to, to plant that seed for those that might not be, you know, uh, instantly willing to accept the Lord, but to, to, he, to hear the message and, and, you know, know it in their heart, uh, the hint of knowing it in their heart. You know, Edward, that is, um, I think that's exactly the right advice. People need to hear that, that I think we put too much pressure on ourselves that, oh, I'm going to take them to this movie or I'm going to take them to Easter service and uh, hopefully they'll receive Christ right then and there. Yeah. Uh, and they might. But, you know, it's for everybody, it's a process. And the big part of it, Edward, is that you're reaching out to your friends and you're going to have conversation and relationship with them that's better. Exactly. You know, I, I sure. really, I'm really grateful for your call. I hope that people see things like this movie. And the reason that, you know, we're talking about this movie a lot is it's well done. So there's, there's an honesty, I think, that we have to have that sometimes there are things that we do that you know, Christians will do sometimes that maybe aren't as well done. And maybe it's for Christians and not for your non-believers. Maybe it's for your edification, but you wouldn't necessarily bring your non-Christian friend to it. Uh, You know, this movie, you're not going to turn to the side and go, I'm sorry, I brought you to this. They're going to have a good time. They're going to laugh and uh, Mm -hmm. they're going to enjoy it. And I encourage people like in Edward to do the same thing. Have a conversation. Just be open and listen. Where are they coming from? You know, they might have some really you know, critical things to say, and you never know. They might say, I'd like to know this Jesus. How do I do it? Exactly. And, uh, and when that happens, and, and this part of your life, Edward, and the life for all of us Christians, by the way, is this is why we're made. You know, the reason that you are made is so, Edward, you can have your job at your company and be around these people because they need to know about Jesus. That's the reason you have your job, really. Yeah, it's uh, your blessing. Yes, yeah, sir. it really is. Thank you, Ed, for sharing that. And uh, you know what? Tell us how it went. Call back next week. We'll probably have the topic and say how to go. And uh, let us know. Let us know how it went. Right. Uh, you know, yeah. however it goes. You know, if they're like, why'd you take me to this? And they're mad. Okay, we'll hear that too. You know, we I think it's fine. <laughs> you know, have that conversation. Yeah. Edward, thanks for calling Southern California Live. Thank you, Scott. Bye-bye. All right, 888-528-2557 is the number. It's Open Line Friday. Ted in Los Angeles, City of Angels. Ted, are you running for president yet? Uh, You are going to be my agent, and I'm leaving you in charge of all that, but I'm going to follow what you want me to do, and uh, I'm here to get service. (laughs) You can be president, and I'll be the proxy. I'll be the president behind the scenes. You know what? I mean, I've been to the uh, University of JFT, which is John Forrest Tweeton, uh, which was my father. And, you know, it's 56 years I listened to the man. He outscored everybody in the military, so he helped to invent our chain gun that started our attack helicopters and tanks. Blew everybody away when they tested him with uh, six years of college, never been to college. That's how, how much... Yeah. Uh, well, see, you got a, you got a story there when you run. All right. So anyway, you didn't really call for that. Uh, you uh, you were one of the people on the line, I think, yesterday. Uh, yesterday we had a caller named uh, Frank who uh, was Jewish, not a Christian, and and had things to. Uh, he had questions about um, you know about Christians and what we believe about Jesus. But a big part of the context of that question, I'm just filling people in who weren't maybe listening yesterday. A big part of the context of that question was that Christians, church-going Christians, according to recent surveys, very few of them actually have a biblical worldview. 
and that so often as Christians, even church-going Christians, we don't know a lot about the Scripture. And that was a big part of, I think, Frank's point, is he's asking questions that, that even his Christian friends are not very capable of answering. And they were hard questions, no doubt about that. All right, so I think that catches people up. What, were your, what was your thought about it, Ted? Well, he said that, you know, it, that it, it was against their, uh, you know, commandments to have a human sacrifice. Well, you know, Jesus uh, was fully man and fully God. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't to the left, it wasn't to the right, it was right down the middle. You know, obviously Mary was earthbound, and, and it's the Immaculate Conception. So therefore, it wasn't a, a human sacrifice. And he came here amongst us uh, to suffer and get slivers in his hands. Um, mm. You know, and that's, you know, so for me, it wasn't it wasn't a human sacrifice. If it, you know, he said, "If you've seen me, you've seen the Father." Yeah. You know, one and, of the uh, so that so the people are tracking with you, Ted, is that one of the suggestions he had is that God is obviously against human sacrifice. That was one of the mm-hmm. the evil mm-hmm. sins that the neighboring you know other cultures were doing throughout the Old Testament, and one of the greatest sins that even sometimes uh, is the bad kings of Israel even participated in. And so part of the question right. was, if God doesn't like human sacrifice, why was it necessary to sacrifice Jesus? You know, Exactly. And that's a good question, right? But point. it's not really the same. He, he voluntarily sacrificed, and it's a, it's a question that gets into the Trinity, and, um, and mm-hmm. it is what the, the Old Testament sacrifices of the animals was meant to show, is that the shedding of blood is necessary for the remission of sins. And Amen. it all points to Christ. That would be what we believe as Christians. So if you're you're Jewish, you got to struggle through that. Then what's what's the purpose of the sacrifice? Ultimately, uh, it's a hard hard thing for people to deal with. Well, and also if I can elaborate, you know that um, he went to the Ten Commandments. He wasn't talking about Moses, and there was an enormous amount of laws. Like you know, it was mandatory. Six hundred and thirteen laws. Yes, and it was mandatory to charge the Gentiles double. And so, therefore, um, to me, that would not coincide with loving thy neighbor. So we actually needed Jesus to come to fulfill the commandments because it was getting out of control. Yeah, well, and that's one of the messages of Christ is that he fulfilled everything that the law is about. It, it doesn't mean just on its own that he kept all the commandments. It's that he fulfilled the purpose for all of them, and he fulfilled the history of Israel as well. Like, he is sort of the embodiment of everything Jesus Christ is. That's what we believe as Christians. That's the New Testament teaching. And uh, Ted, I appreciate your call and your follow-up on that, and uh, maybe some other people will will call about that because it's something that, you know, I think we need to think about. The bigger picture is where are we as Christians as far as our understanding of, of Scripture? These are hard questions, and, and uh, we're not even doing it justice, you know, on a talk show. We can't get into all of the uh, the difficult issues are just not enough time. But this is why Bible study is important. And I'll tell you, as, as believers, Bible study, when you really study the Bible, it will open your eyes to God. And when you see how the Old Testament coincides with the New Testament, when you see the fulfillment of these prophecies, when you take a look at the world today and you realize the Old Testament's not antiquated, it's exactly who we are today. You know, And uh, you begin to really see why we need a Savior and as Christians, we believe that Jesus is that Savior, that he is the Messiah, that he is the one who was promised. Um, that's what we believe. And uh, our Jewish friends um, don't uh, accept that for various reasons. It's, it's, um, it's different kind of depending on your, your walk. Um, if you ever listen to Dennis Prager, he's, he's Jewish, and uh, he's able to articulate pretty well 
uh, what his differences are uh, with Judaism and Christianity. We did that at the Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile event a couple of uh, weeks ago. All right, I want to get to your other calls here, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. John in Glendale, welcome to Southern California Live. Oh, hi, Scott. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, John. Good, good. And, I, I, you know, I'm calling again, and I know we, we talked about it, but um, I wanted to um, tell you about an incident that I um, had recently. And what are, you um, ref- <clears throat> what are you referring to here, John? Oh, yeah, yeah. When we, we talked about last time when, we were, when, I, when I asked you the question about Martin, when, about Martin Luther King and how he would feel about the Ebenezer, the Ebenezer Baptist Church. Oh, what um, he would feel today. about his church. We had done a Martin Luther King special, and uh, you yeah. asked me what yeah. he might think about uh, uh, the church is pretty far to the left today, the church he was today, the pastor. Today, exactly, exactly. Well, um, I, and I'm, I want to reiterate that question again, because I, I ran into something. Uh, I work as a security guard at the, um, at the um, uh, Courtyard Marriott Hotel in Pasadena, and um, I was there, and I, um, someone was staying there at the hotel, and believe it or not, it was Stacey Abrams. Oh. Um, and I got to sit down and uh, talk with her a little bit. It was kind of funny, but she was busy, so I couldn't talk with her that much. But, um, you know, it, it was the same thing. I mean, I, I tried to, I, I, I was, you know, I, I, I tried to talk with her because both of her parents are Methodist ministers. Mm. But, but they, they teach and they, they preach, and they, they want to say that they're, you know, they, and then they, and they also have preached in, you know, of course, at the Ebenezer Baptist Church, and, you know, she's from Georgia herself, yeah. you know, she ran for governor, <clears throat> right? and, uh, but, but they, they preach a, a, such a, it doesn't, it just doesn't seem biblical, and well, I, I, and I, I, and I, I was almost feeling like, like, how can you preach um, things like liberation theology, and, and, um, you know, She's a big uh, supporter of, as you know, uh, of um, women's reproductive mm-hmm. issues, which is abortion. Same with her parents, who are Methodist ministers. And then, of course, she was a big supporter of Raphael Warnock, who was a pastor yeah. at the Ebenezer Church. So, again, I want to, I want to ask you, would, would Martin Luther King, if he was alive today, and see what is going on in, this, in, in his church that he was at, would he approve of it? Okay. Oh, and, and let's say, so. yeah, yeah, go ahead. All right, I'm thank sorry. you for your call. Uh, you yeah. know, let me answer it uh, maybe in a, a different way, you know, than last time. Part of what I said last time, and I would say the same thing now, is is when we think of a historical figure and we ask, you know, what would they think today? You know, what would Thomas Jefferson think about uh, slavery today? What would, you know, people that you can go back at any time in history, what would they think today? How would they articulate it? And the real answer is we don't know for sure. You know, people will say, you know, would John F. Kennedy be a Republican today, a conservative Republican? You know, if you listen to his speeches from 1960, you know, to, well, you might think so, right? But you you have to uh, – it's just a very hard thing to do to put thoughts and, uh, you know, an idea of where people might go in their theology or their politics or their worldview – over time, you know, my my hope for a Martin Luther King and and really for anybody is that they would stick with the scriptures and with Christ um, being the Savior, and that's what we have to hope for. And for churches, um, you know, there are, and here's the truth, and this is what uh, this subject, um, this survey that just came out said that only four percent of church going Christians, four percent of Christians who go to church regularly. Four percent have a biblical worldview. It's a Barna study that just came out. Four percent down from six percent before the COVID shutdowns. 
That means 4% of church-going Christians, we're not talking about Americans, we're talking about church-going Christians, 4% do not have a biblical worldview of church-going Christians. And the other thing about that survey that's interesting is that it's across the board the same. So white churches, black churches, uh, whatever demographic of type of church that you want to say, okay, what's interesting about it is it's not broken down into rich or poor or black or white or any other, you know, however you want to break down uh, a demographic. Across the board, only 4%, according to this, uh, have a biblical worldview, meaning that they would believe that Jesus is the only way, that they would believe that the Bible is the ultimate authority. And, you know, I think that in a bigger picture to, you know, and rather than worry about what Martin Luther King would think today, we got to take a look at what the people who are around today think. And, you know, for a person like uh, Stacey Abrams, you know, one of the reasons that uh, I think she lost so badly this time around, I did follow that uh, election, is she was speaking in a lot of churches and being ex- very extreme even on issues of being pro-choice. I mean, there was a thing going around that she talked about how Mary, the mother of Jesus, had to give consent, you know, to the Holy Spirit in order to be uh, uh, to conceive, you know, a whole lot of issues like that. And uh, I just got to tell you, you know, that stuff has been going on in Christian circles for a long time. We used to call it theological liberalism. You might call it theological progressivism today. Um, And for us listening here, I believe that Jesus Christ is who he said he was, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that whoever comes to the Father has to go through Jesus, that he died on the cross for our sins, that we do not have salvation or a path to God at all without Jesus's death and resurrection, and that the way you get saved, the way you get your sins forgiven, the way you get uh, a relationship with God is by putting your trust in Jesus Christ for doing that, by believing that that story, that the story that is recorded in the scriptures is true about Jesus Christ, that the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are writers who wrote that story. They are eyewitnesses. The rest of the New Testament is the beginning of the church. The Old Testament points to Jesus Christ. Even your calendar today on your phone, you know, points to Jesus Christ. I believe that to be true. And in some of our churches, if you're not teaching that, you know, if you're, and when you get into some of these churches, and there's churches on the left and the right, okay, and there's churches black and white and in between, who are highly political, where it's very partisan. So it's not really about issues. It's just partisan. It just doesn't matter what you know, the belief is or the policy, it's we're going to support this person no matter what because he's an R or a D. Uh, That's very dangerous scripturally. And we have got to be about the message of Jesus Christ. I think that's one of the reasons, by the way, the Jesus Revolution movie is making such an impact is it brings us back to something simple about the gospel, that Jesus died for the sins of the world, that whatever somebody's sins are, uh, they can take those things to the cross, that Jesus took them to the cross upon himself. We'll talk more about that. I do have to go to a break, but that's really, really important. All right. This is Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I will get to your calls. We're going to have Danny Goki on when we come back here in just a moment. So stay tuned for that, 888-528-2557. Scott Furrow, Southern California Live. We'll be back as the Friday edition continues. 
You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. It is Open Line Friday today. We'll take your calls on anything. In a minute, we're going to have Danny Gokey with us, uh, singer and songwriter. He's going to uh, just share a little bit about his story and something cool that he is doing. So we're expecting him in a minute. In, be- in between now and then, let me take a couple of your calls here. It is Open Line Friday. We'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about. Oscar in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, how you doing, Scott? Hey, uh, thank you for taking my call and your number one show. Oh, thank you. Hey, Scott, I just have two questions. Uh, actually, uh, one, one opinion and another one's a question. Hey, you know that Jesus movie? Wow, excellent. I had to go see it twice. Ah, uh, all right. It, it, it's incredible. I mean, uh, I'm telling you, once is not enough. So I want to send a message to the brothers to just go see it and they will see that at one time it's not enough. I mean, I have to go see it twice. It's, yeah, I encourage people to go I mean, see it. Make sure you check your calendar. It's uh, it's they're extending how many times they're going to play it now. So, but make sure it's not every day. So make sure you can see it. But this weekend it's everywhere. So check it out this weekend. Exactly. I even checked with the um, well, there were some Chinese at the theater, right? At the checking in, right? And they told me what movie I was going to go see, and I told them uh, Jesus uh, Revolution. They say, oh wow, we have heard so much about that movie. Oh, my God, I'm, I was like amazed, yeah. It's like uh, reaching uh, a lot of places, right? But uh, another question that I had that I wanted to ask you, uh, what do you think about this? Uh, I hear that uh, Iran has uh, already built up uh, sufficient uh, to uh, build up, uh, uh, I don't know what to call those missiles, you know, to a attack. Nuclear uh, missile, uh, nuclear mainly, weapon. Exactly. Yeah. Especially Israel, right? So Israel, uh, Netanyahu spoke this week. I thought in entrance, I don't know how much believable could it be, but... Uh, he's spoken the uh, Yahoo spoken the uh, in the news saying that it is time that it has to happen and I think uh, uh, they were saying like uh, uh, it won't pass the end of this month for for them to plan an attack on them before they do it to them and not just that you know the mentality these people have right of saying they uh, wiping yeah. off and Israel has no right to assist so I'm, I'm completely in favor of Netanyahu and I think it's the only one that can handle this situation compared to uh, Bennett. Uh, what was Bennett, uh, the, the prior president, you know? And, uh, so uh, I want yeah. to hear your opinion about that. What do I think? Yeah. They're saying like it couldn't it happen. It, it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't pass the end of this month for them to plan an attack on uh, on that yeah. country. All right. I'll give you my thoughts. Thanks, Oscar, for calling Southern California Live. He's talking about uh, the news came out this week that uh, Iran might be just a few days, literally days away from enriching enough plutonium that they'll be able to uh, create their own nuclear weapon. And, um, you know, I'm not an expert on plutonium, but I think, you know, 12 days, I think, is what they said is how close they are. So that's going to happen. I think it's one of those things that has been every president now, the last several of them and the world has said, oh, we got to stop Iran from building a nuclear weapon. But they really don't. I mean, we haven't done it. And now they're going to do that. So the, the belief has been for a long time that Israel may do a preemptive strike against Iran should they ever develop the bomb and that is something that could happen. And if you're Israel, you should be concerned about this because uh, the short answer I'll give you is that I spoke to a diplomat about this a few years ago. And he said, you know, when we have issues with uh, even North Korea or China or other nuclear powers, he said, we can go negotiate for peace. We really think peace is possible. Even in North Korea, we think that the leader there might die one day. He will die one day, and maybe the next one won't be crazy, and then you have peace, right? He think they thought that's possible, and you negotiate for peace. He said with Iran, you negotiate for time. 
He said, because the problem is, is that the idea of mutually assured destruction doesn't really sell if you believe for religious reasons that if you dropped a nuclear weapon on Israel or on Paris or some other place, that you're being rewarded by God afterward, then uh, that's a that's a pretty good incentive to do that horrible thing. So, you know, we need to be in prayer. This is why we pray for our world leaders. Uh, we pray that not that they would be successful with bad policy. We pray that they would have good policy to prevent things like this. So that would be my answer to that question, Oscar, is it's very serious. It's a huge story. And uh, hopefully there is a resolution to this that doesn't end up in a nuclear catastrophe somewhere in the world. And uh, we'll see. You know, there's a lot to that. We'll probably talk about this a little bit more next week on our regular show. All right. um, I've got a guest with us. And uh, so if you're on hold, you can just stay on hold. I will get to your calls here in a few minutes. Um, But I want to take a little break here because we do have a guest joining us. And uh, Danny Goki is a magician. Magician. He didn't know he was a magician until uh, just now. He's a musician. And... uh, (laughs) He's uh, working on his uh, tricks now. He's a three-time Grammy nominee, three-time K-Love Male Vocalist of the Year. You've probably heard his songs. He was on American Idol. He was one of the top three finalists on American Idol uh, several years ago, season eight, if you follow that show. He also has a nonprofit. It's called Better Than I Found It, and which is doing bus stops through his current tour, which is Jesus People Tour. You can find out more about Danny Gokey at his website, which is dannygokey, G-O-K-E-Y, dot com. Danny, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Danny, you with me? Yes, I am. I'm having a little bit of... Are you having a little connection problem there, Danny? And I'm going to put you on, on. I'm going to put you on hold and just come back. See if you can get a really good uh, signal there. Um, you know, he's got one of the questions that we ask on our show a lot is, you know, what can we do? What can we do now? We kind of asked that question, you know, yesterday. Uh, yesterday, I asked it in a different way. I asked, what are we waiting for? And you know, some people will say, well, we're waiting for the election, or we're waiting for this and that. But the election's a long way away. But what do we do in the meantime? And what do you do with the gifts that God has given you? What do you do with um, the opportunities that God puts in your life. And for some people, God gives you a opportunity to um, reach a, a lot farther away or to reach a lot of people. For some of us, he just puts a, most of us, almost all of us, he puts a handful of people in our life. And something that's true also is that even if you are somebody who is a, a singer or a radio host or you've got you know a large audience or a pastor of a really big church, still at the end of the day, there's only a handful of people that are in your life who actually know how you really live your life. Does that make sense, right? There's a there's a handful of people in your life who actually know how you live your life, and your job is to make disciples of those people, whether you're rich or poor, whether you're you're famous or you know or you're not. You know, that's something that uh, you are called uh, to do, and um, so that's something that I think when we when we talk to people who have. Uh, significant success in entertainment or in politics or other things, it still comes down to, and what are you doing with the success that uh, God has given you? So we've got Danny Goki back. Danny, you with me now? Yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Danny, how are you today? Good. I'm so sorry about that. I'm great. How are you? No problem. You are in Southern California. Uh, how, and uh, have you? How long yeah. have you been down here? We just got to Redlands today. We have a show, uh, a concert tonight in Redlands, and then we head to San Diego tomorrow. And we're we're kind of just in the area for a bit, 
uh, doing a whole run in California. Yeah, well, I'm uh, just going to officially apologize for the cold and the weather uh, that we have had here. <laughs> Usually at this time of year, about 75 degrees, but uh, we've had... Now, you're from, from Milwaukee, is that right? Yeah, I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, so this weather actually is very nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure that it is. You know, uh, thank you for being with me today. Uh, as I was saying there uh, while you dropped off, one of the things that we like to talk about and encourage people to do on our show is to do something, to not just wait for somebody else to do it, some other politician or to do something in the country or wait for their church to do something or wait for their pastor to do something. God has given us all gifts. And, uh, you know, I thought we could just spend a little time talking about why you're in town and your foundation called Better Than I Found It. Can you just talk about what you decide? How that? How did this come about? Tell us what it is and uh, how you got to this point where you okay. started this. I'll try to make a very long story short. So if people watch me, you know my story. I was on American Idol several years ago. My wife passed away one month before my audition. Right, I remember that. And, um, and when she passed away, we had health benefits to her job. And... We had, you know, dental, medical, but when she passed, her principal came up to me and gave me a $39,000 check. And I said, what's this? He said, it's a death benefit. Mm. I was screaming so hard. I didn't know what to think. I felt a little bit offended. Yeah. On the organization in her name. Fast forward a couple of years, we got a 77,000 square foot hospital given to us. We rehabilitated over 200 families. But as my career started taking off, um, I couldn't sustain this organization. It just, there was so much money I needed to, to get, I had to shut it down and I was, I felt like a failure, but I really felt like God told me after this, after I sold that facility, go find the people who are the change makers in the world and go help them out. Tell their stories, find the good, shine the light, and then help them leave it better. So that's what we've been doing ever since. And so you, uh, you started this new foundation called Better Than I Found It. And, uh, you know, what's an example of how you've been able to leverage this to help other people do what God has called them to do? Well, so we found some really incredible stories. There was a story. We have several stories that we've helped out with. But there was this lady that we found that she, she her, her daughter, she got a, her friend who called her and said, my child has been born, has eight hours to live. Would you come take pictures of me and my daughter so we can have a memory of our child? They were grieving, so she runs to the hospital, she takes pictures, and then her baby dies. Well, while this happens, she's pregnant with a baby. When her baby's born, she has, baby's given a year to live because it's born with a, a certain syndrome that just babies don't survive. And she knew that this was going to be her future, and so um, she spent the two years with that child, but she took pictures with her own child. And then when her child passed away, she said, I'm going to find an organization that gets people who are in the last stage of their life to take pictures and do video and have a memory of the last moments of their life with their loved ones. And so we found that story, and we saw all the families that they helped out. Well, this lady had been using the same camera equipment for years. So we took $15,000, and we bought her brand-new computers, brand-new lighting, brand-new camera equipment so she can keep this mission alive. That is one of many heart-wrenching stories of people who are helping others. You know, I think that is one of the things that I've liked about your ministry is that sometimes the ministry is to not invent your own, but to help people who are already trying to do it who just need that that push in that direction to come along and really help people who who need that to do great things. And I thank you for doing yeah, that. Yeah. So you're here in Southern California, and uh, you are you're giving away free shoes at a uh, concert in San Diego. Is that what's going on? 
Yeah, so tomorrow from 11 to 1 at uh, Horace, I believe it's called Horace Middle School or Elementary Hor- Horace School. Man, Horace Man Middle School. Horseman Middle School, yes, from 11 to 1. We're giving away shoes. We found out that one of the needs in the area is that pe- some people need shoes. And we just don't have any of the shoes. We have great brand-new shoes that we want to help out the community with. Because I have four kids. You know, I know what it's like. I come from a family of six. And I know what it's like to – I remember my mom struggling to find shoes for all of us. Mm. And so although it's simple, we just thought, you know what, we're going to help the, the, at the school for two hours. And when people show up, we're just going to give them a free pair of shoes. Anybody's welcome. If anyone needs it, if whether you're homeless or whatever, you know, come by, and we're going to give a pair of shoes that they're going to need. All right, so that's going on at Horseman Middle School in uh, the San Diego area tomorrow from 11 to 1 until supplies run out. Is that right? Yep. All right. And Danny, I'm, I'm out of time here, but I also want to let people know they can hear you in concert tomorrow if you happen to be in the San Diego area, 7 p.m. at Faith Chapel in Spring Valley. It's right off the 94 freeway. Uh, part of your Jesus People tour. Is that right? Yes, it is. Tomorrow at 7 o'clock, I brought my friends Blanca and Jordan Feliz, but it's a night of hope and hopefully encouragement to keep people fighting the good fight as culture seems to be changing so rapidly. We want to just encourage people and stir their faith, their yeah. music. All right. Well, thank you for doing that. And thanks for coming on, uh, even just briefly on our show today. Uh, we've had Jordan Feliz on the show also before, so you can say hi to him for me. Uh, he, oh, I love it. Yeah. And uh, you can learn more about Danny Goki by going to dannygoki.com, G-O-K-E-Y. And his foundation is called Better Than I Found It. And you can find that at betterthanifoundit.org. Danny Goki, thanks for joining us today on Southern California Live. Thank you for your time today. We so appreciate it. All right. Thanks for being with us. God bless you. Have a good time in Southern California. All right. This is SoCal Live. We'll be back for your calls as the Friday edition continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. It is Open Line Friday. We will take your call on anything you'd like to talk about. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Uh, Patrick, welcome to Southern California Live. Still with hey, us? Scott. Hi, Patrick. Yes. Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead, Patrick. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. First of all, I was there at the... Uh, Ask a Jew, ask a Gentile, and I had a great time. My wife and I were just were loving it. Oh, we I'm glad. Great. We had a real a real fun time at that event a couple of weeks ago. You're, yeah, you were definitely on target on, and, and spot on. Hey, uh, my wife and I were just talking about, you know, Christ, Christ's suffering on our behalf. And I know, and as far as, as, far as how all that happened in, you know, Isaiah 53, which is a key, a key chapter about that, I just... I have a question about, did Jesus, as far as the physical pain of suffering, did he, did he know about that prior to him coming down on earth as, as, as a man and being fully God and fully man? Did he know about that physically, what suffering was all about? Before uh, he came? You know, I don't... Yeah, I don't, before he came down on earth. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Go ahead. 
No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, you know, I don't know what God's understanding would be of pain until then, and we believe as Christians that he became man and God at the same time, right? That he has dual nature, 100% man, right. 100% God and your Isaiah, the Isaiah fifty three passage says, "Surely He took up our pain and bore our suffering." Right. You know, my my. Well, he... Go ahead. I'm, I'm interrupting. You. I apologize. I'm interrupting you, Scott. You go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I, uh, you know, I I sure He understood what pain is. He designed our bodies, you know, to respond as things go wrong. I don't know that we would have felt pain before the fall, right? So when Jesus yeah. came here, I think He experienced pain. I, you know. It'd be an interesting question. Did Jesus ever, you know, stub his toe? Um, you know, <laughs> he he may have. You know, I don't know. He 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 was a carpenter. Did he hit his thumb with a hammer? You know, is it a sin? He yeah. didn't. He didn't. If it's a sin, because he never sinned. But right, right. you know, can that would that have occurred? Um, you know, I suppose we can uh, spend a lot of time talking about that. And at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. Um, but we do know that when he was on the cross, he suffered greatly, and he suffered greatly when he was being beaten before right, that. That right. he felt tremendous pain. Right, he felt the pain, but did he knew? Did he know beforehand how it, it would feel? I think he did, Only because I think what I would say is I would say yes, because his prayer in the garden, where he says to the Lord, you know, his Father, get me out of this. If there's any other way, you know, uh-huh. he had a sense of what was coming. Right, there was. Right. Oh, he yeah. had a oh, yeah. really good idea yeah. of what was coming next um, in in every human way. If you know to take this cup from me, he prayed. Uh, so I would say, mm-hmm. yeah, he had he had a pretty good idea. Okay, okay, I'm good with that. Yeah, I would say for okay. sure. You know, I don't know how that works in the the context of being both God and man, right? That's one of the hard things about what Jesus did. Right, right? it's really tough, but. <laughs> You know, the Philippians tells us very simply that he 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 lowered himself for us, that he did this voluntarily, that, you know, he could have theoretically, like, you know, pretended to be in pain, but not actually been in pain. But then I think the sacrifice wouldn't be real. So I think he, he felt right. it, and he also had the anxiety about it um, that is not sinful. That is just how we are as human beings, and I think he went through that. Also, in a way, so that when we pray, when we're in pain, when we have, uh, when we're worried about something that's coming up, um, you know, he wasn't ang- anxious about something that isn't real. Like lots of times, right? We get anxious about things that haven't actually happened or that aren't going right. to happen. Uh, he knew for sure what was coming. Um, I think because of that, yeah. we can pray to him, and he understands. Right. You know, he was two fourteen and fifteen. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, Patrick, thanks for your, for your call. Good question. Uh, let's go to, uh, let's see here, uh, Cheryl in Inglewood. Welcome to Southern California Live. Yes, hi. Yeah, I wanted to talk about um, Paris Davis. He was um, given the um, Medal of Honor today. Yes. With President Biden, and he was actually nominated by some of his uh, fellow soldiers back in 65. A long time ago, right? And something happened yeah. where they, they screwed up the paperwork. Yeah, yeah, and also in 69, I couldn't find any trace of it. So um, I thought that was really interesting. I happened to be um, on my break at work, and I saw it, and I was thinking, wow, I had heard about this a few years back, that there was a person who was nominated 
you know, of African descent and was never given this Medal of Honor. So I'm assuming it's um, Colonel Paris Davis. And the fact that he did it under heavy in- enemy fire and he was actually wounded himself, but he wanted to get his men out of there. One particular man was his medic who was going to be a father or was, had a baby boy recently. He didn't want him to die. So I just thought that that was very honorable and that he definitely deserved it. It is. And I'm glad he waited 60 years uh, to get that. He's 83 years old. And uh, his his Medal of Honor, what it says is, there's, you know, paperwork that comes with it. And it says he distinguished himself by acts of gallantry and in, in intrepidity, I guess I say, intrepidity, above and beyond the call of duty while serving as commander of Detachment A321 Special Forces Group Airborne. And it tells that story you told and a whole lot of, it goes into detail. You can look it up online. His name is, is uh, Paris Davis. Uh, African-American man. And, you know, the whole idea they lost the paperwork is just for all these years is crazy. Um, yeah. But I am glad that he got it. It's a great honor. And uh, thank you for bringing that up. I think that's something uh, that we should celebrate. He's a hero. He's a genuine hero. Sure uh, is. American hero. And we're grateful for him. You know, years ago, remember the, I'm blanking on his name right now, the guy who was uh Ross Perot's running mate, if you remember, uh, General, what was his name? Uh, oh, I don't remember. Uh, I don't I'm, remember Ross Perot. I, I'm forgetting it off the top of my head, uh, which is frustrating. I'll get it here in a minute. Uh, he, I had an opportunity to meet him, and he's a Medal of Honor winner. And um, James Stockdale, Admiral Stockdale. And he was, uh, they played him on uh, Saturday Night Live and kind of made fun of him because he didn't do too well in the presidential debate. You know, who am I? Why am I here? And it was this funny running joke. I had the opportunity to meet him in person, and he was wearing his Medal of Honor around his neck. And I was so humbled by this. And I felt like I needed to repent even for the jokes um, because he was a hero. And in the same way, um, Paris is a hero, an American hero. We really have these heroes in our country. Uh, Paris Davis is his name, and I would encourage you to look him up, everybody. If you're listening, just go online and look up Paris, like the city, P-A-R-I-S, Paris Davis. Look him up, read his story. He got the Medal of Honor today after they goofed up for a long time. And you know what? We have heroes among us, and they deserve our respect. That's why we have a Medal of Honor. Uh, Cheryl, thank you for bringing that up today. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Yeah, God bless you, Cheryl. Have a great night. God bless. Hey, uh, everybody, we're not going to have time to get to the rest of your calls. I appreciate them. We always do the Open Line Friday on on Fridays. That's why we call it Open Line Friday. So we'll have a chance next week. I hope you have a great weekend. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. You can get our podcast. Just look for Southern California Live on Spotify or on the radio website. You can find the podcast right there. God bless you, everybody. Have a good and safe weekend. I'll see you on Monday. Have a great one. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.